welcome to episode one of TV Determined. I am your co-host Trevor Mays, along with your other co-host Brandon Frederick. And so what this podcast is about is we decided that we wanted to do something to kind of showcase ourselves and just have a little bit of conversation, do this in our spare time, thought it would be something that would be cool. And so we're going to talk about random topics um, once a week. Um, and just whatever kind of we're thinking about that week, we'll, we'll just go in and talk about it. So I'm going to let Brandon start with uh, his topic this week. It's very interesting. All right. So my topic this week is something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's, you know, taking a dump in the woods. Um, <laughs> I've, you know, I've done a little backpacking. I'm trying to get more into it, but I have spent like the majority of my life, you know, doing stuff outside. So I have many many poops in the woods under my belt. Um, have you ever pooped in the woods, Trevor? I have not. Um, I have never really been in the situation where I was going to be out there for more than a day. So I figured that I could hold it and not have to <laughs> go through that experience of um, yeah. having that, that issue. Oh, uh, well, that's understandable, I guess. Um, so first, before I talk about it, I want to talk about like what you're supposed to do in the sense that, so I have like the teacher certification from the Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics. And basically their whole thing is you want to impact the environment as little as possible. And you also want to leave everything how you found it. So the next person that comes out gets to have this, like the same experience you did. So like as little impact as possible, not hurting the environment you know, not hurting animals. So basically, like, the name says, leave no trace. Um, so for them, there's two two types of ways to, you know, dispose of your waste. Um, and I, you know, like, pee, obviously just, like, pee, like, 200 yards away from water. But, you know, it's, that's pretty simple. I'm talking more about, like, solid waste. Um, so the first one is called a cat hole. And basically with a cat hole, you bring a trowel, which is just a little tiny shovel, um, you dig a hole that's like six to eight inches deep and maybe like the same like diameter or not diameter, like radius, I guess. Um, and you poop in the hole essentially. And then you just put the toilet paper back in the hole. Unless you're like, there's certain like extreme cases. Like if you're in the desert, you can't cause it won't like dissolve. It won't, um, deteriorate over time. So you have to take the toilet paper with you. It's called packing it out. Um, so basically, yeah, you just poop in this hole, throw your toilet paper in it, cover it back up. That's one way. Um, the, the second one is packing it out. So you literally, they make special bags for it and you just like poop in a bag and then you carry that bag out with you and you just throw it away when you get home, you know? So fairly straightforward. Um, any questions so far, Trevor? So, like what is the worst experience that you have had? while being in the woods and having to deal with a situation such as this? Um, the worst one by far wasn't my own poop. <laughs> so, like, when you're going to take a dump in the woods, there's always, like, just the squat method. But what I definitely prefer is if you can find, like, a log that's laid down, and you can, like, sit on that, and it's like a makeshift toilet. You know, you just poop off the other side. But apparently, one time when I was out on the Appalachian Trail hiking, Someone else was like, man, that is a good log to poop on. So I'm out there pooping, you know, like dug a little hole, 
I'm pooping off into the hole, and I stand up. And when I stand up, I look down, and I'm standing in someone else's poop. <laughs> so, by far, that was, like, the worst case scenario or, like, the worst experience I've had. But that also goes back to what I was saying about the whole leave no trace thing. That ruined my day because now I'm standing in someone else's poop. So if you would have just dug your cat hole or, you know, like, packed it out, then it wouldn't have ruined my thing. So that's the whole thing about cat holes. Now, I want to talk about, like, so if you had to poop in the woods, like, walk me through what you think your scenario is. Like, you're alone in a campsite. Like, how are you pooping? I mean, going as far away from people as possible. (laughs) Um, and I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> like, if I mean, if I ever found myself in that situation, I would want to make sure that I was with someone who knew, like, kind of what you've dis- to, like discussed here. That way, I'm not just going out there and, and dropping a deuce in the woods and just walking back, and then somebody later on goes over there and does exactly what you just did and steps in it. Yeah. Well, that's um. That's actually a point that I left out, which is that just like pee, you got to go 200 yards away from water and like campsites and everything like that when you poop. Um, But basically, so there's like three ways that I can think of to poop and, you know, they each have their pluses and their minuses. Um, So the first one I already kind of touched on, that's like pooping off of the tree, you know, like sitting down on it, dumping off the side. Um... You know, the positive is it's like a toilet. You're just, like, chilling, sitting there, comfortable. The downside is you got to go bare cheeks on this, like, sketchy tree. And I'm always worried I'm going to look down and something's going to be crawling where it shouldn't be crawling, you know. (laughs) That's the downside for that one. Another one is you, you know, like the, you know, you do, like, a a wall, or what is it? What is it? um, Where you lean against the wall and you, like, squat. What did you do when we were pledging? Was it like a wall sit? Yeah. So you do the wall sit, and you, when you're sitting there, you just do a wall sit against a tree and just poop straight down. You know, again, just like a toilet, downside is back against a tree, and you're in a wall sit position the entire time. But the one I do probably the most is just your standard squat, you know, just pull down your pants, squat, and just poop right there. Um... The only downside for me for that is I, I, when I poop, like usually no matter what, I always kind of like pee at the same time, you know, just like <laughs> general release, you know, would you say that's true of you too? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so the issue is now I'm like squatting, but I'm kind of leaning forward, but now I'm like peeing, but you know, you're not full power the whole time. So like when it starts coming in, I'm worried about peeing in my pants, <laughs> right? That's the downside. Also... There's the like there's the chance of always pooping straight down at the wrong angle and landing in your pants. So the trick to this one, here's what I do. Now I'm, I'm sure most people do it. I don't always do it. So what I do generally is I take off one pants leg of my pants and my underwear and swing it to the side. Now you know it's wide open and no, no concerns. Um, but yeah, so those are the three strategies to pooping. Um, like I said, each has their positives and their negatives, but the, the last thing that I want to touch on on the topic is baby wipes. So you're only supposed to put toilet paper into the cat holes or in like the latrines or stuff, or you can pack it out. Most people pack it out. Um, but I like baby wipes 
because you got to pack baby wipes out. You can't bury those or leave them anywhere. But I really like the baby wipes because, you know, you're fresh and clean afterwards, and nobody wants, like, you know, mud butt or swamp ass when you're, like, have to walk 10 miles. You know what I mean? That's not fun for anybody. No. So I would say strategize your location and baby wipes is my two final thoughts on that topic. So in in the regards of – I know that you're really big into hiking and a lot of outdoor activities. Um, you always have been ever since I've known you. Like – why are you so into outdoor activities such as hiking and kayaking and, and camping and stuff like that? Um, I would say that the biggest thing is, well, so number one, it's cheap to do. Like initially, initially the cost is fairly high if you're trying to go backpacking. You know, you got to get the backpack, the sleeping bag, all that kind of stuff. But once you have it, you know, you're good. But there's even, like, places you can rent gear from, and, you know, that's fairly cheap. Um, you can also, you know, do whatever you have to do. But I, th- I think what I got into it when I was – I got into it when I was really young. When I was really young, I was a Cub Scout. I hated all the – this sounds bad, but I hated all, like, the community service stuff and, like, all that stuff. That's not why I did it. I did it because I loved camping. You know, I wanted to carry a pocket knife. I wanted to chop wood. I wanted to build fires. And then I found out that there's – they make you more than that. So I got out of, like – Cub Scouts and stuff, but I just love being outside. Like I said, it's cheap. It's cheap to do, so that's a positive. You get away from all the distractions. You know, you're not checking Facebook and everything. You don't have service out there, so everyone you're hanging out with, you're like truly hanging out with them. You know, yeah. you get to, you have to talk, you have to hang out. There's that part. You're also working together. So when you get to the campsite, you throw down the tent, but one person's putting up the tent, one person's getting the stove ready, one person's cutting the food to get it ready to cook. It's like a team effort. Um, and also, on in backpacking particularly and kayaking, you get to experience a lot of stuff that other people haven't seen. Like when you like McAfee's Knob, which was down in Radford. Me and my girlfriend Charlie went up there at you know we woke up at like four in the morning and like hiked up the last like two miles and got up there right when the sun was coming up. So we got to see the sun rising while we're standing on this cliff and it just like watch the sun creep across this, like, valley from, like, way up. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, these incredible things you get to experience. doesn't cost very much money. You get to learn about yourself. You have to test yourself. It's exercise. Like, I'm not in the greatest shape. But, you know, you feel good about yourself when you, like, when you just hiked up a mountain, you're like, yeah, man, I deserve this candy bar today, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the one that you ate, all, like, before you went hiking, you know. So, so I just, yeah, I, go ahead. The last time that I actually went hiking – um, it was me and my fiance Mackenzie, um, and then we brought my dog Ryder and then my mom's dog, uh, Layla, and then we met up with, um, our fraternity brother, Dylan Motts, uh, to hike Sharp Top in Bedford, Virginia. And it was, uh, I want to say closer to the end of March, maybe early April, and it had snowed probably a month before. And we were like, oh, it's been super hot outside. It'll all be melted. So we start walking. It's a little muddy because you can tell that all the snow has been melting. And it's only a mile and a half hike. But we got like maybe a quarter mile in. And it was just straight sheets of ice and awful the entire way up because it's just basically straight up the whole way. And so (laughs) we were just using the dogs to basically pull us up the mountain 
And it was just the most miserable time I think we've ever had. And then we get to the top, and it's just like, all right, well, we're not going back down that same way. We're just going to take the bus route down. So we just walked on the what we thought was going to be clear asphalt to get to the bottom, but that was like a foot of snow. So then we were trudging through that as well, and I was wearing shorts and tennis shoes, and it was just, it wasn't a good look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's really unfortunate. But that's actually, you know, so I took... My first time I ever went backpacking, I took a course called Outdoor Living Skills in college. And when we went camping, it was single digits, and there, it had just snowed. There was like six inches of snow on the ground, like literally snowed the day before. And we're like walking through the snow, we're camping outside. You know, you, when you're sleeping in the tent, you get condensation going, and like you literally wake up covered in snow because your breath froze and it snowed on you. But, you know, I think with that trip, why that one was so much fun and why yours wasn't, so much fun is on planning, right? Yeah. So when I go, when me and Charlie go backpacking, I have guidebooks, I have maps, I have, you know, I've done research online, I've looked up weather, you know, like for it to be fun, there is a, a little bit of planning that goes into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the horror stories like the dude in 127 hours that sawed his arm off because he didn't tell people where he was going and stuff. You know, that's extreme cases. I'm saying like if you want to have fun, like, you could have looked at research online, and then they would have been like, oh, you know, it might be icy, you know? And then if you simply wore, like, waterproof boots and, like, pants, it would have been, like, an entirely different experience. Like, yes, it still would have been ice, but it would have been at least a little more fun. You know, your feet wouldn't be wet. It wouldn't have been cold. So Yeah, that's true. It was just a uh, spur of the moment. Hey, you want to go hike the peaks today? And <laughs> it was all downhill from there. From that initial text message of, hey, let's go hike the peaks... It just steadily started going downhill. So, um, I mean, that was a really good topic. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed learning about how to poop in the woods. Um, one thing that I want to talk about and something that I've been thinking about a lot this week is when you are going to get a job out of college. Um, what was your plan when you were you hit that second semester of your senior year at Radford, and you were thinking, all right, I need to start looking for a job. Or when did you initially start looking? Now, see, I think this goes, like, literally what I just said about planning. I think I should have planned better. Um, So, when I, you know, when you're growing up, they're like, you're going to go to college, you got to graduate from college, you're like, yeah, you know, they tell you you're going to do it, then you do it, and nobody tells you what to do afterwards, right? So... My plan was I was like, I got to get an internship. So I, had a his- I got a, I got a graduate with a bachelor's in history. I did an internship at a museum. And I just assumed when I graduated, I would apply to a history job and I would get hired. And then that was just my plan. Like, I didn't really think, like, oh, I should be applying while I'm in school. I should be doing all this. I didn't really think about that because I still had the job. The construction job that I worked in, in in while I was in college. So in my mind, I was like, I'll take six months off, just chilling, doing like construction, then I'll start doing this real job. Well, it turns out after that six months, when you apply, one, there's not that many history jobs, and two, it's a very, very competitive out there. Yeah. So um, for me, I didn't really have a plan, but I think there's, you know, like I'm sure you'll touch more on it, but I think people need to have a plan when they graduate. 
Yeah, my my whole thought process on it was as soon as I am walking across that stage, I already have a job in hand. And that was like my philosophy going in to freshman year of college that before I leave here, I will have a job lined up to where I'm going somewhere because I'm not going to move back home. Little did I know it was going to be the worst possible job I could ever have. (laughs) But And I ended up still moving back home afterwards. But, I mean, that was an accomplishment in itself to just kind of go out, do all the research on where I wanted to go, kind of places that I would be comfortable moving to, and then have that job secure where I was going to be making a salary directly out of college. Because nowadays it's really rare to actually have a job lined up as soon as you graduate or – most people, like you said, go back to the jobs that they've had, like, internships at before. Or they were having summer jobs before. And it's just easy to just fall back into that routine of going back to what you already know instead of taking a leap and going somewhere else. Um, I think that when it comes to um, kind of just finding your niche, um, I've, I've seen a lot more people have been doing this. I, for one, have done it. I've had... I think since I've graduated four jobs, maybe. Um, and I hadn't really found anything I was really like good at or passionate about. And now I'm in something where, uh, working in insurance, it's, it's interesting. It's something different every day. And I mean, it's, it's kind of where I feel like I should have been from the get go. And I kind of wish I was at that position three, four years ago when I got out of college, three years ago when I got out of college, not four. Um, but yeah, I, (laughs) I, I just think that when you are going through that process, you really need to like actually sit down and think about what you want to do because it would be easier for me if I would have done something internship wise with a position where instead I just did like a little marketing type thing before. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. And then even my major, I was like, I'm not interested in any of this stuff anymore. And it was like almost too late for me to even consider doing something else because I didn't want to have to stay in school longer and get more debt. But, I mean, what can you do? Yeah, I think another big big thing is that, you know, people think the hard work is college. Um, and then once you – I'm not saying college is like a breeze, but I am saying like when you're in college, you, that's your, you need to be planning for your future. I picked history because I enjoyed history. And people were like, you know, you should probably major in something else. I didn't really listen. Um, I know my friend, Adrian, he majored in business. And now he has a really, really, really good job. But he minored in history. Looking back, I probably should have minored in history. And, like, majored in something, like, more uh, skilled. Like, I would think computer science or pretty much anything with computers. Mm -hmm. Just to make yourself competitive. Um because I know for me, like you said, when I went to college, I was like, as soon as I get out, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I'll have a job just because I have this degree. Um, I don't think people realize that it's just how competitive it is. You know, so does everybody else that's applying for the same position. Absolutely. Um, and one thing that I have noticed since, because I recently just got another job, and I was thinking about how I got that job, and really how I got my last three jobs, and I truly think that it is, it's not what you know, it's who you know, mm-hmm. um, because one, if you have the college degree, boom, you're like, it is competitive, but you're already above half the people that are, you know, looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, with that,
degree, if you know someone, you can get in. My my last job, my my friend, or two jobs ago, my friend Mark called me and was like, hey, we have an opening, you want a job? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, you start tomorrow. Boom, had the job. <laughs> job after that, a guy that I was working with, he was like, hey, my, I, my best friend is the manager at this company. He's hiring. You want a job? And I was like, yeah, boom, got hired. Now, the job that I start two weeks from now, my uncle was like, hey, I know a guy that's hiring, and I applied, and I got the job. You know, I, it, it's, you know, you got to use the resources you have. Mm-hmm. Don't be needy, like, hey, just give me a job, but you should definitely be, <coughs> excuse me, you should definitely be looking at what you have, who you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think um, one of the things that, the, uh, that I took away from my college experience was the only thing I think I got from my actual degree was the ability to communicate in those interviews because I feel like I don't, I'm not good at the public relations portion of certain things that my degree was in, and I also am not really good at marketing stuff, but I'm really uh, good at communicating. See, I'm messing up how I'm communicating right now, but um, I'm good at communicating when it comes to talking to individuals and getting on their level and kind of learning about their business and their opportunities and their things like what they want to do with the company and how I can benefit the company, how the company can benefit me. And I believe that all ties into what my degree was. So I guess the takeaway from this whole topic is if you're in college, if you're thinking about going to college, make sure you're choosing the correct degree, make those contacts and, and go from there. And that's, that's basically the only thing that I really learned from my degree. <laughs> yeah, have a plan, man. You know, like, when, when, once you have the first, I'd say the first two years, you don't necessarily have to have a strong plan, but by the end of your second year, you need to know what you're shooting for. Yeah, You absolutely. can't be bouncing around, you know. Um, have you ever had, you were talking about you were ready for job interviews. Have you ever bombed, like, a job interview, like, had a really, really bad interview? I think the only time I ever had a really bad job interview um, was in high school. I had an interview, and I can't remember where it was, but I remember that I was super, super sick that day. Like, I had the the job interview lined up for, like, two weeks, and I went in there, and I knew I was going to get sick at any moment. And, and like... The, the interviewer knew that I was going to get sick at any moment because I know that I was, like, super pale in the face. And they, like, kept asking me if I was okay. And they were like, you don't have to be nervous. Like, it's just a job interview. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then, like, left out of there. And I know that I was just like, all right, see you later. And just, like, walked out and went to the bathroom and just yacked everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I think that was – I never didn't get a call back for that. So – I'm assuming that was the bad, the worst interview that I've had. Um, but have you ever had a really, really bad job interview? Um, not like I threw up on the desk or anything <laughs> crazy. But so you know me, you know I love like my guns, I love shooting and everything, right? So my first like real like, for lack of a better way, like my first like big boy like professional interview was at the National Rifle Association headquarters. Man, I was so pumped. I was like, I'm ready to go in there and rock it. But before this, every one of my jobs had been construction, where it's like, you show up, it's like, hey, you got your driver's license? You're like, yep. They're like, are you going to go to jail? You're like, nope. And then you're hired. <laughs> but 
there, I showed up. I didn't wear a suit. I wore khaki pants with a shirt and a tie, no jacket. You know, I showed up. Definitely looked underdressed than everybody else that was there. Um, asking the questions. Um, I was answering them really quick, rattling them off. But then he would say stuff like, why do you want to leave your last job? And instead of saying things like, you know, I don't really see a way, you know, I don't see very many promotion opportunities there or things like that. I was like, you know, my boss is like an alcoholic and, you know, he's just like an angry guy and I don't want to work for him anymore, you know. So, but as soon as I got out of that interview, I was like, man, I'm not going to get this job. Like I knew that right away. But afterwards, I was like, I just learned so much in like, because the interview was like, like 20 minutes to a half an hour. I learned so much information in that like half an hour that the next interview, I just rocked it. You know what I mean? Like I was, I bought a brand new suit, you know, like it costs a little money, but I've worn it to every job interview after that. I'm ready for the interview. I know like questions. I'm ready to answer their questions. Um, and since then, every interview I've had, I've been offered the position. I haven't accepted all of them, but I've been offered every position that I've applied for and interviewed for. So I definitely learned from that first interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing, are you, what do you think when you go into the interview? I know some people are worried about, like, they don't want to ask for more money. They're worried about asking about time off because they're going to think, like, oh, well, this guy just, their words is a, hiring manager like this guy just wants time off all the time Mm -hmm. like what would you what would you think about like any advice on like i would say like knowing your worth and like knowing what to ask for in the interview so my last job interview that i went to which is at the job that i currently have i um i walked in with a binder of kind of the a bunch of questions that i wanted to ask so what the way that i did this job interview and it's one thing that i learned from my former boss uh, when I worked at, worked at a place in Lynchburg, um, was to have them interview you, but then you interview them back. Um, so after I completed all the questions that they asked of me, I asked them, I was like, is it okay if I ask you guys some questions? And they were like, absolutely. So I like opened up the binder and I started off with, what are the promotional opportunities like? What kind of outside resources do you guys do as a like for the employees, do you guys have like intramural sports? Do you guys have um, like happy hours with the company? Do you guys do stuff with outside vendors? Do you guys have community service type type stuff for the employees or anything along those lines? And I'm like, um, in regards to holidays, what what kind of holidays do we work or how much time do we get off per year? Um, Things like that. And they, I, I think, I was kind of nervous about doing that going into that interview because I had never done it before. But I think it also got them to understand my priorities and what I wanted out of a company, not just what they wanted from me. So it, it was kind of a better working relationship and they kind of it, – it could easily backfire for sure because they could be like, oh, this guy, like you said, just wants time off or this guy just wants to have fun. Like this guy's not going to take the job seriously. But – it also makes them understand that you're looking for a career. You're not looking for just a job. And I think that's that's kind of what helped me stand out a little bit in that interview. Yeah, and that, that leads to my next, or my, not my next, but my, like my last point or advice for interviews. 
Um, at the end of every interview, like you just said, they're like, do you have any questions? You know? Um, personally, I think it looks kind of bad. You're just like, nope, I got it. I mean, everything's handled. You know, you should definitely be ready for that question and then have a question prepared. Um, my favorite one to ask is when they're like, do you have any more questions? You say like, yes. Um, if I did get the position, how does, how does my training work? Like, how do I, how do I get trained for this position? You know, or word it however you want, but basically that, because then they're like, oh, you know, like he is interested in the job. Like he might not be ready, but he knows that he's going to have to like learn it real quick. You know what I mean? So and you also get more of an idea of what you're doing. So when you don't walk in, you're not walking into a job and on the first day being like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, (laughs) so. So I think we covered two good topics today. Um, Two very different topics. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be a, a weekly thing, maybe bi-weekly, depending on our schedules, but um, hopefully we have a lot of fun with it, and hopefully somebody listens to it, and if they don't, whatever. I don't. <laughs> it's just something that's going to be fun for us. So uh, any last remarks or any last words? Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you on like a weekly basis. All right, sounds good. Well, my name's Trevor, and uh, that's my co-host, Brandon Frederick, and uh, we're TB Determined, and we'll see you next week.